Welcome to the Gathered Truths Podcast. My name is Jen Yaki. Join me as we create this sacred container for discovery and healing. A place where you are invited to safely inquire, contemplate, and explore the paths of wellness, awareness, and truth. Together we will listen, breathe, learn, and grow so that we can show up for ourselves, our families, and our communities. Welcome to Gathered Truths. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number four of the Gathered Truths podcast. I hope you had a great week since we were last together. So I spent the weekend up in Idlewild, California, and that's about an hour and 15 minutes from where I live here in the desert. So I am actually below sea level where I live. And where I went was about 5,500 feet above sea level. So I went from about 115 degrees down to 85 or 90. And I went up with a group of people um, that happened to be in recovery from substance and all the other things. And we went on a silent meditation retreat together. And so we left on, I left on Friday and the retreat started at about five and then uh, we had dinner together, um, not in silence. And then we had a little bit of uh, information given to us about how the retreat was going to go and a bit of a schedule. And then we had to have a chat about um, showers <laughs> little things you don't think about when you're not able to uh, verbalize your requests um, and also food. And so it was such an interesting weekend on so many different levels. And um, I wanted to share with you that what some of my takeaways were, but also that um, I know that for many years and up until recently my son is eight almost um there was no way I could get away for 48 um hours or so and so I want you to know that noble silence um where you are just silent for a period of time and not only with your voice, but also your interaction with people. So your gaze is downward. Um, you can do that at any time. It does not have to be for two and a half days. I mean, you really could sit with your family like, listen, this coming Saturday from 4 p.m. until the next morning, I'm going to practice noble silence. And, um, and kind of make it your own. So I know that I have in the past been guilty of when I hear of a really great idea and I can't do it the exact way 
that is being told to me that I'm just like, oh, I can't do it. You know, um, I did this many years with like exercising. Well, if I can't work out every single day for at least 90 minutes, then forget it. If it can't be every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m., forget it. And I've learned to soften my my edges and so that I can experience more things and experience them um, in my current life, in my current situation, what my normal is. So in any case, so starting at uh, 8 o'clock on Friday until 5 o'clock on Sunday, we were silent. And we had, you know, free time here and there. We had meals together, but uh, in silence, no cell phone. Um, although I did get a few videos of my son doing some cannonballs into the pool. But that was my only contact with... Um, with anybody. And I did take a journal with me. Um, it was suggested that um, you don't. So no, no outside contact and no writing, just sitting and being with yourself. But I just felt like I needed to write some things down and, and the rules, quote unquote, were suggestions. So, um, I had practiced noble silence one other time, but only for a half a day. And I found that um, quite peaceful. And then this was actually in preparation or in investigation of whether or not I wanted to participate in a seven or 10 day Vipassana retreat up in Joshua Tree. And I love the two and a half days. I would do one day or two day or a half a day um, at any time. But I think for that, this time in my life anyway, I, I think that seven to 10 days might be more than I can do, more than I want to do, I guess. I feel like I got a lot out of the two and a half days is, is what I'm trying to say. So I wanted to read something to you, um, the facilitator of the uh, retreat sent this to me. The heart of the path is so simple, no need for long explanations. Give up clinging to love and hate, just rest with things as they are. That is all I do in my own practice. Do not try to become anything, do not make yourself into anything. Do not be a meditator. Do not become enlightened. When you sit, let it be. When you walk, let it be. Grasp at nothing. Resist nothing. Of course, there are dozens of meditation techniques to develop samadhi and many kinds of vipassana, but it all comes back to this. Just let it all be. Step over here where it is cool, out of the battle. Ajahn Chah said that. And the month of July has turned out to be uh, very busy. And as I have mentioned before, um, I have a tendency of doing things like this and not looking at the calendar and not being mindful of my time. And then all of a sudden things get crammed. 
And um, this month has proven um, that to be that way. And it is, although it is my fault completely, um, I'm in it and it's a lot. And I was thinking that before I went on that retreat, I don't want to go. It's it's too much. Um, I really need to be home. But um, it ended up being the best thing for me. It ended up being very grounding and centering. And... Um, and I think, um, what I learned, what did I learn? I learned that I love meditating outside. I love the sound of nature around me. We were in a cabin that was above a river. And so the sound of the river was so incredibly peaceful. Uh, the birds, there were squirrels. Um, occasionally there'd be a breeze. And so the big tall pines would move and make noise. And that really grounded me. Um, and because we were meditating for such long periods of time, I found that meditating with my eyes open and being outside allowed me to be present there were times that we sat inside and I would close my eyes and I would find myself feeling as if I was going to fall asleep and I didn't, I didn't want to do that. And so, um, I found a way that better worked for me. And we also did a couple of walking meditations. So you could practice noble silence on a walk. So if you have a dog or you have children, or even if you're taking a walk with your spouse, you can just say, listen, let's just practice some silence for our 30 minute walk today. And when you are practicing noble silence, it doesn't mean that you want your brain, your mind to run rampant because that's what it will do. So basically a silent retreat is allowing yourself to go inward to notice how busy your mind is and to figure out what it's busy with and then attempting, practicing to train the mind to focus on your breath or a mantra, um, present time awareness, what's happening in the present moment, rather than being someplace else um, and missing out what's happening in the present moment. So that was one of my biggest epiphanies that my mind is very busy planning, planning the next thing. And so one of our guided meditations was to notice that our mind was thinking and then notice the specificity or the specifics of what we were thinking, like noticing, are you worrying or planning? Um, were you in the future or in the past? Um, and so that was super helpful because I was super preoccupied, preoccupied with planning. I mean, at every moment, whenever my mind would wander, I was planning something. And when I was meditating, I did not have 
uh, pen and paper. And I'm so glad that I didn't, that I was able just to be present with my mind and the chatter. And then I later took notes about that preoccupation. What I found was when I am preoccupied with things that I deem are so important, like planning, I'm not here. I'm not in this present moment. I'm not with the person that I'm with. I'm not with my son at the pool. So I even notice this now when I'm home and I leave my phone inside and I go outside to the pool with my son and he's telling me something and I notice I'm not listening, that I am off planning. And so the practice over that weekend really allowed me to be kind and compassionate to myself to have the awareness that I have gone someplace else, that I have left the building, my mind has left the building and is off in the future someplace and not in the present moment with my son. And um, that was a really big epiphany um, for me um, and that it happens so often. And, you know, this kind of thing may not be bothersome to you. You might think, well, I need to plan that, or I need to do that, or I want to do that, and that's completely fine. I think for me, um, I need a break. My mind needs a break. My son needs um, my full attention. Um, My friends need my full attention. I want to give them my full attention, and um, so I just found it fascinating how... I think I'm present. I think I'm paying attention. I think I'm listening, but I'm not. And kind of a side tangent, uh, my brother and I were talking about just that, about how people don't listen. And, you know, this idea of multitasking and being on the phone and, you know, having basically a small computer in your hands and doing 19,000 things, thinking that we're more efficient, we're actually not. So there is, science says, there is no such thing as multitasking. There's something that's called task switching. And you really don't get um, as much done as you think you are. Um, You would actually get more things done if you just started and completed and moved on than trying to do 19,000 things at once. And my brother and I were just talking about how people seem so distracted and not listening. And you can tell that because of the blank look uh, on their face. You can tell that by their responses. And you're like, what? I did not say that. What is this person talking about? And really, it can just start with us. You know, we can't do much about anything else, but my son is very good at pulling me back when he will say, do I have your full attention, mommy? (laughs) And then I know that either uh, he sees that I've gone off someplace or he knows that I have done that in the past and that is his way of uh, making sure I'm paying attention. And I'm not suggesting that that's how you start every conversation because that might be offensive to some people. Um, but I find it entertaining with uh, my son. And 
it makes me more aware of when I am feeling distracted, like in my body, I'm feeling tense, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling like my mind is going nine ways to Sunday. I know that the next person I'm coming in contact with, I'm going to have to work really hard to just stay with them because my mind is busy. So um, even the other day I was, somebody had phoned me and I shouldn't have answered the phone because I was someplace doing something. And then when I was at that someplace doing something, somebody else came up to ask me a question. And the person that I was on the phone with was telling me something that was upsetting to them. And I felt so horrible when I got off the phone and I immediately texted her and I apologized. And again, just me doing too many things at once. So that being said, do you do too many things at once? Do you find yourself doing a lot of things and then not doing them terribly well? Do you feel disconnected? Do you feel disconnected to yourself, to your family, to your friends? If you do, I hear you. I I completely and totally understand that and can empathize and sympathize with that. And please know that you are not alone, that this is one of those things that has changed in our society. Um, And we have a choice of whether or not we want to participate in it. And I think that that's such a great uh, awareness, that when we do become aware of wow, I don't like how I'm feeling. I'm feeling disconnected. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm doing too many things. I feel burned out. Then we get to decide, all right, deep breath. Maybe I just need to sit for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes. Because here's the other thing I know about noble silence is that some of the things, some of the answers that I am seeking some of the overwhelm, some of the resistance, some of the uneasiness, it works itself out when I'm still. Sometimes it works itself out because I remember, oh yeah, I can call that person for that. Um, Or, oh yes, that actually is not happening next week. It's actually happening in two weeks. Or, you know what, I remember that that person said they could look after this if I couldn't. So when I'm able to be still and unwind all the tangled mess in my head, I'm able to be a little bit more free and clear. And I want to encourage you and tell you that when and if you decide to practice some stillness and some silence, you might want to bring in a notebook or a journal, or sometimes I type notes into my phone 
because a lot of stuff is coming up. And when you write it all down, you can start delegating, you can decide and prioritizing and deciding if that's something that needs to be done now, or can it be done later? Or can it be delegated? Um, but I find that allowing myself to be still to find where I am distracted in my mind, then I'm able to find solution. But if I never get to that place of stillness and awareness, I'm just in complete overwhelm, which then turns into burnout, or it turns into something that I try to avoid at all costs, which is raising my voice. So if I am not mindful and aware of myself, then I end up doing something that I have to apologize for. And I'm not big on apologizing. I don't like it. I do it. But I hate that I've behaved in such a way that I have to apologize and make an amends. So Maybe you start off with five minutes of noble silence. Maybe you are on your way now out the door to go grocery shopping and you're a five or a 10 minute way, a uh, minute away um, drive to the to Target or to Ralph's or wherever your grocery store is. And maybe you just decide that for that next five or 10 minutes, you keep the radio off, turn the phone off and focus on driving hands on the steering wheel, being present for everything around you. And just notice, keep saying to yourself, I'm driving, I'm driving. And you might be surprised how much you notice and how much you're like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that building was there. I had no idea there was a gas station there. <laughs> Simply because you're now just paying attention, being aware of one thing. Maybe you do this because you're going to pick up your child at a sporting event and you're going to get there five minutes early and sit in your car and maybe you repeat the mantra, peace begins with me. And maybe you commit to saying that mantra, peace begins with me for 10 times because you have 10 fingers. So you just count 10 and see how distracted or not you get doing that. Just again, being aware, this is not, I'm going to be aware so I can punish myself. This is, I'm going to be aware because I want to be more present in my life. I want to be more present for the people in my life. I want to experience each moment rather than being off someplace else and missing something. So I thought we would finish with a brief meditation. And all we're going to do during this brief meditation is count your breaths. And you're going to count in groups of five. So 
There's no need to change your breath. This is just going to be your normal breathing and you're going to count your inhale and exhale as one. And then you're going to do it again, two, all the way to five, and then you'll start again. What you'll notice is that the simple task of counting to five, counting five breaths, your mind will wander. And then all of a sudden you will have the awareness that your mind has wandered. And now that you're aware that your mind is going to wander, you might have a bit of a giggle. I do. I laugh and go, oh my gosh, I got to two and I was out someplace else. And then you want to gently and kindly and compassionately bring yourself back to counting. That's it. That's all we're going to do. So get yourself into an easy seat. So if you want to sit up against a chair, you don't have to have a rigid spine, but you want to be sitting upright so that your mind and your body are alert. And maybe you want to close your eyes or maybe you want to keep them open. You decide. I want you to relax the shoulders away from the ears and soften the jaw and soften your belly. And you can place your hands on your chest. I like to do that when I'm doing breath exercises, breath awareness exercises. And that way I can just feel my chest rise and fall on my inhales and exhales. And then for the next couple of minutes, all you're going to do is count your breaths in groups of five. So you'll take an inhale and an exhale, and that's one. And an inhale and an exhale, and that's two. And there'll be some silence here as you continue to count. And remembering when you lose count, just gently bring yourself back to your breath and counting. When you get distracted by sounds or thoughts, just come back to the breath and back to counting.
Noticing the thoughts, the sounds, the feelings, and back to counting. And then just taking a deep breath in through your nose and out through the mouth. If your eyes were closed, go ahead and blink them open. And just notice how you feel in your body. Notice what your mind has to say about that practice. And if it was difficult for you to count, if it seemed like a long time or a short time, you can always set your timer on your phone, set it for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, and practice this practice again. Remembering we're just coming to sit, just coming to clear the mind or become aware of all that is there so that we can be present for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, for the events that you are at, for the meetings that you have to participate in. That's the purpose. Awareness, presence, and if you're like me, you might uh, you might want to grab your journal and a pen and write today's date down and your thoughts about today's practice. And remember, if you are meditating with me um, each week or you're doing more of a practice, you're going to find, just like anything else, that some days are more smooth than other days. And that's not better or worse, it just is. So thank you for joining me this week. I look forward to episode number five. And until then, may you be at peace, may you be at ease, and may you be free. <laughs>